I realized that I had the opportunity to tell my story moving forward. And I'm sure it had to do with the fact that it was my two kids I was looking at. I was like, ooh, am I going to tell them I quit? Like I just gave up? Or am I going to tell them that this is what happens in life? You get beat up. You get punched. You're going to come across a lot of obstacles. It's the, it's the amount of times that you get back up again that's going to be the story that I want to tell. This is episode 17 of Hustle with Hermit, and you'll be listening to my conversation with Jess Stecker, the podcast host, author, and a real estate investor. Welcome everyone to Hustle with Hermit. My name is Hermit Singh, and I'm your host for this show. Every week, I interview interesting personalities from across the globe. The insights and hacks shared by our guests will help you achieve a winner's mindset as well as inspire you to live a life full of passion and purpose. My special guest on the show today is Jess Tecker. Jess is a Toronto native and has been in the sales and service industry for about 25 years. Soon after deciding to try his hand in real estate, he co-founded the REC and in the course of 15 years has successfully propelled his team to the first place position in Canada under Royal LePage. With 25 realtors and 10 support staff, the team advises and assists over 700 buyers, sellers and investors yearly across the greater Toronto area. Jess' area of expertise is in helping investors build out their real estate portfolios. Wanting to share his knowledge and experience with the masses, he wrote a book titled Real Estate Intelligence, which teaches others how to buy or sell real estate on their own. Furthering his pursuit to educate and motivate, he now hosts one of the top business podcasts in the country, The REC Experience. Here, he interviews guests who share their success stories on real estate investing, entrepreneurship, and leadership. His hope is to provide inspiring content to aid others in removing the friction from their own life in order to help them get from where they are to where they want to be. In today's episode, Jess shared his insights on why did he choose sales as a career, how his perspective on sales totally changed post-attending a seminar in 2005, what systems and processes he used to establish the number two real estate sales team in Canada for Royal Leapage, importance of believing in yourself to sell successfully, how to create generational wealth through real estate, how Jess was able to successfully execute 500 plus transactions in real estate during pandemic and a lot more. Before we begin, make sure to subscribe to this podcast and you may also connect with us on our Instagram page at the rate hustle with Hermit for all the latest updates on our upcoming episodes. So let's jump into our episode number 17. Hi everyone. So today we have with us the one and only Jess Tucker in the house who is joining us all the way from Canada. Welcome to the show, Jess. It's great to have you here. Armit, thank you for having me. I am very, very honored to be on your podcast and uh, also wanted to thank you for 
all the content that you're putting out there as a fellow content creator, podcast host. I know how hard it is to book guests, come up with topics, do the recording, then put it out. And you're doing that. And so just a big, big kudos and congratulations to you because we need more positivity right now. And your 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 listeners can't see it, but Harmeet is a good-looking man with a beautiful smile, and that is the vibrations that I like to put out there. So again, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Jess. I, and I was about to say the, exactly the same thing for you, because frankly, I don't know how often you get to hear this, but you have got amazing energy levels and a contagious smile. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, it's it, it truly is something that uh, I think, you know, it, it's DNA, right? Like, I mean, my parents um, came from India. I mean, where you're doing this recording, a different part of India, um, a six-hour, six-and-a-half-hour drive from Punjab, and they came to Canada in 1974. My father became a taxi driver predominantly for his whole life, and my mother uh, uh, predominantly for her whole, her whole life. She was a factory worker. But even though that they weren't home much because they were working, they were trying to build um, build, build out wealth and, and obviously support the family. And I'm, I'm, I'm the youngest of three boys, but they, they showed me so much love, like consistently every single day. I still remember, you know, 39 years old now, and but I can remember vivid memories of both my father and mother um, just telling me the amount of times they loved me. And so you grow up in that type of household, and my two brothers as well, like I, I have to give this back now because I almost feel guilty. I almost feel guilty, um, and I'm not sure how that makes me sound. It's one of the first times that I've said it out loud, but you almost feel guilty that how much love I was given. And now my cup is overflowing and now I want to give back to as many people and it comes out out of me and it pours out of me with, I guess the word is energy. Um, and I just want to I want to give as much value as I possibly can today to your listeners, but really for the rest of my life. But just one thing which I have uh, seen and I found in your journey so far, be it selling newspapers or selling mortgages for the banking institutions and even now selling real estate. So one word which clearly stands out in your journey so far is sales, selling, right? And especially because you come from a background, you know, your parents migrated from India and in an Indian household, sales is not something which is, you know, which will gives you goosebumps when you hear these words. I, I know because I've been to sales for seven years and the first one year in my job, I, I never told anyone I'm into sales. So from that perspective, why sales, Jess? You know, what prompted you to pick up sales and what just made you stick so far? Yeah, look, I think I think everyone, everyone started out as a salesperson the day you came out of mommy. What do I mean by that? That you always wanted food, just happened to be milk at a very young age, and you figured out how you were going to get milk from mommy. A bottle, breastfeeding, whatever it was. And how did we do that? Well, we influenced mommy. We didn't use your words at that time. You probably, as a child, threw a hissy fit and cried and cried. And you figure out at a young age that you can influence people. I think what happened in my journey is, is which is different 
than, than in other people's is that I never stopped that. Like I just continuously took the opportunities, even as a six, seven year old, like when the teacher asked who wants to help with the book fair, who wants to help with uh, selling Christmas ornaments, not that we celebrated Christmas, but I enjoyed speaking with people. I liked when someone came to the table at the book fair or when I knocked on someone's door and they smiled because they saw this five-year-old, little short five, six-year-old in front of their door and they were like, oh, how can I help you? And you know, I can't remember even one story of anyone being mean to me. And so I enjoyed that. And, and, and then over you know, my teenage years, I always, I always looked for places where I can meet more people. And it was starting at newspapers. I actually sold shoes for three years, um, then the banking industry, as you mentioned. But then I sold cars in between the banking industry and real estate. I sold cars for almost three years, right? Um, I just kept, I kept on moving up the ladder in terms of, A, income, like I sold bigger products, which gave me more income. But in a funny way, now that I'm looking back at it, it was almost that there was there was more emotion involved in all the jobs. Like, I mean, selling a newspaper to shoes, there's not a big gap in terms of emotion, but it is a little bit different, right? Like like you're selling a $2 paper and then you're selling a, a, a $100, $200 pair of shoes and then so on and so forth. And obviously real estate now being... You know, probably 98% of people's biggest purchase that they'll ever make in their life. And so for me, I loved in, influencing, and I, I learned this at a much older age, not in my young, not in my six, seven, or teenage age, but I learned that I liked influencing. I liked influencing people's decision and persuading people, but very, very ethically. And that's always stuck with me. And, and that goes back to my parents because I, growing up in that household, luckily for me, you know, my eldest brother, he, he has a degree. He went down that route. He's actually funny enough in sales now. But, and my middle brother um, didn't get the degree. So I guess it was kind of set up for me where my parents didn't make it mandatory. Yes, I'm so sure. pampered one. Yeah, 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 100%, 100%. I'm still the baby, right? Um, like, I, I'm sure if you would ask my father and mother, they would want me to be a doctor, lawyer, or an engineer, right? But they also realized, not this one, not the young one. He's not going to do, he's not going to do any of that. And, and it was apparent with the grades I was getting. But what they did always instill in me is not to, 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 cheat people out of their money not to not to scam people and I, that just became almost a fear of mine like oh like if you cheat people and scam them you can get into a lot of trouble and so that luckily again luckily for me i never went down pushing people see over time i also realized the magic in sales the the secret sauce so to speak is is in actually making it easy for people to buy. Because if they're calling you to buy a car, to buy an insurance policy, to to get a mortgage, to buy a home, yeah. then there's some interest already, right? Obviously, if you're cold calling, that's a different strategy and a different way to sell. But if, if, if somebody's coming inbound to you, well, there's a little bit of interest. It might not be huge. They might be at, at, the, at the early stages in the buying process 
process with you. But because there's interest, I believe as salespeople, your job now is to educate, ask questions, answer, find out the answers. You might not have all the answers. Don't lie and make it as easy as possible. Your listeners are not going to be able to see it, but there's a sign behind me here that says removing friction. It's a big sign. It's spray painted on my wall. And the reason it's here, it's a reminder for my 55 team members, including my support staff, that our job is to remove the friction in the process of doing business with us. Absolutely, Jess. And as Zig, uh, Zig Ziglar says, you know, people hate being sold, but they love to buy. And then they figure, and I was going to say, and then they figure out and justify the buy or whatever they, whatever service they got later. I just think a lot of salespeople, a lot of salespeople put, obstacles in front of the process meaning that they push someone or or they don't give all the information up front like somebody might be listening right it's now and say well as a salesperson i always give the information yeah but do you give it like in 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 little drips along the process why not just give away all your trade secrets Give away all your trade secrets up front before somebody even meets with you. And then they can make their they can make an informed quality decision themselves. Right. Uh, so just uh, I want to take you back to 2005. There was a pivotal moment in your life when you attended a seminar and it was titled How to Make More Money in Real Estate Sales. So how was your mindset shifted post that? And probably uh, your biggest learnings after that event in your life. Yeah, look, I mean, that's uh, uh, I wasn't sure where you were going with that question. Um, so you really took me back. Great, um, great research, my man. I, I, I appreciate that. Um, so th- that was a, a very, very pivotal part in my life because probably three days before that, I, I was actually going to leave the real estate business. So I was in it for about three months, uh, 23 years old, just left the car business where I was at for three years, um, quite successful at it and, and, and had a lot of fun. You know, as a 19, 20, 21, 22 year old, um, I drive all brand new cars. I didn't need to pay for them. Insurance was paid. Gas was paid. Um, I learned the business really well. Um, and, and when I got into real estate, I thought, you know, as a, as a dumb 23 year old at that time, I thought it was going to be just as easy. But I, what I didn't know is that you need growth to happen. You need to learn. You need to what I really needed was someone that had did it before and I needed them. I needed to be around them because that's what I did in car sales. That's what I did at the bank. That's what I did at shoe sales. Like all those places, even newspapers, I always somehow found the right person and imitated, imitated what they did. And so it won't be the, the a hundred percent guarantee pathway to success if you follow a mentor but i can tell you that it will become easier and maybe by 50 percent 
because they've hit their head against the wall, so you don't have to. And I was thinking about leaving the business, and I just happened to go to the office, uh, which I rarely did in, in, in real estate, and I saw a fax. So, you know, obviously your listeners who are of new age, they're like, what the heck is a fax? It used to be a, a machine <laughs> that we used to transmit messages in paper. Period. I think, I think that's the best way to explain it. Anyways, I went. Uh, it's almost like an email for anybody. Um, and I, I just happened to be by the machine. And this notice came. This, this fax came, which said free business development seminar, how to get more business in real estate sales. What really stuck with me was that I said it was free because at this point I went through all my savings. I spent all my money. I'm going to go back to car sales. And, and I saw this and I went to go see this uh, a seminar. There was about a hundred people in the room and the gentleman um, asked a couple of questions. I put up my hand. I answered some of them completely wrong, um, having no idea. He pick, he started to kind of pick on me as the guy, like, you know, as, as seminar, uh, speakers, you, you need a couple of, you need one or two uh, people in the room that you, 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 you can talk to it. It, it makes it engaging, right? right? It's I, more experiential. Yeah. Exactly. I just happen to be that person. And he gave, he gave it to me like really straight. There's a saying here, like in Canada, like, you don't want to sugarcoat anything. Give it to me raw. And he did. The next morning, I picked up the phone, 9 o'clock in the morning, and I called him because I couldn't get to him at the end of the seminar. There was too many people. And I didn't want, like, two seconds with him. I wanted his time. And I called him and I said, look, you're selling, a, a, um, a se- like, a coaching program. I will scrape up, beg, borrow, or steal the $2,500 to pay you for your coaching program. But please just don't lie to me. Keep on giving it to me raw. He told me to come into his office the next day. I went into his office. He said, buddy, forget your $2,500. I don't want it. Just come join my office. Leave the office you're with. Come join me. And for two years, you're going to stick by me. And you're going to do everything I ask you to do. And that's all I needed to hear. Because I already kind of connected with him. Um, and, and, and you know, I mentioned it to him right then and there, Hamid. I said, I said look. Not only will I do whatever you ask me to do, I'll do more. Like I, I'm a, I'm a go beyond, a go the extra mile person by nature. Like that's who I am. And I got some ta- I got some talent. Like I can, I know how to sell and influence and person. Like all the stuff we spoke about. I just need to know the lingo in real estate, the language in real estate. How do I build this? I don't want to be transactional. I don't want to just sell a house and then try to find another client. And, and I, I added like, look, I'll clean your toilets, whatever you ask me to do. And the two years became 13 years. Um, he, I became partner in, in the firm and in the company that he built. Um, and sadly, he passed away in 2017, uh, very tragically. And uh, that, that changed my life in a different way. Um, but there's a picture of him right above me uh, in our in, in my office right here in the studio, and uh, I know he's looking down. He's very very proud of what I was able to do and what I'm in the process of doing um, because he was a major major part in what 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 everything that that that's happening right now. Right. Uh, so I, I believe uh, from there on, you know, after that, uh, the tragic demise of your partner you were able to still propel the organization in the right way, in the right direction. 
and if i'm not wrong you are still the number one and number two in canada in real estates so how how that shift happened you know how, how was there any specific processes you adhered to to become and be in that league of top one or two person so yeah. what what catapulted you into that league of one or two person that's a great question brother um to two things that kind of come to my mind. Um, number one was going back to basics. See, when I was in car sales, um, my, my mentor there who taught me the business, he, he, he always said to me, anytime I went into a slump, meaning like I wasn't selling anything. Um, and, and in car sales, that stretch, even if it's for like a month, like a month is too long, two months for sure. Like there's something going on. And, and there was times that, you know, I went like 45 days. Um, I probably didn't go 45 days without ever selling a car, but I, I definitely went like 20 days without selling a car. And what he always said to us and, and specifically me was go back to basics. And what he meant by that is in car sales, it meant take your time show the car, present the car, ask questions, make it easy. So in real estate, what that meant to me after a month of my, my partner passing, within that month, we, we lost one of our biggest uh, referral clients as well. So it all happened at once. And same thing, I was at that time, it was too much, you know, uh, three years ago. So I was 36 years old, 35, 36 years old. Um, it was, it was a lot to take at the same time. And so I was about to quit. I, 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 I looked at um, a banker's box right beside my desk and I said, look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just put everything in here and take it home. And I quickly realized, I was like, oh my God, I don't really have anything, right? Except, <laughs> except I have a seven-year-old and a five-year-old now, so they were uh, probably four and one. Um, I saw a picture of theirs and I said, obviously, that's the only thing I'm going to take. But in a weird, like, I don't know, what, like it, maybe it was a, def- you could call it a defining moment. I realized that I had the opportunity to tell my story moving forward. And I'm sure it had to do with the fact that it was my two kids I was looking at. I was like, ooh, am I going to tell them I quit? Like I just gave up? Or am I going to tell them that this is what happens in life? You get beat up. You get punched. You get you, you, you're going to come across a lot of obstacles. It's the, it's the amount of times that you get back up again that's going to be the story right. that I want to tell, that I want to tell. Um, and so from that point forward, I then heard my ex-boss in car sales go back to basics in real estate. What did that mean? That Well, that meant let's get on the phone and call every single client. So I gathered up my team and I said, we're going to call every single one of our clients. Every single one of them. Today, it's at 9,280. Back then, it was probably, um, I'm going to say about 4,000, 4,500. We picked up the phone and called every single person. And we said, look, you obviously, you heard what happened, but we're still open for business. I have no idea how we're going to figure this out. And I told this to my clients. I have no idea, but I can tell you I'm not going to give up. And I'm going to keep on going. And we're going to get bigger and we're going to get better. I just needed to tell you that please come join me for this ride or not. That's totally up to you. If I'm happy to say, I think every single person, every single person, there might have been 10 or 15. I can't really remember, but I, I know that majority, 
99.9% of people right. said, we're, we're, we're coming with you because we can hear the passion. We can feel the energy. This is your defining moment. So that was number one, going back to basics. Number two was the people that were around me at that time. You know, my family, my mother, father, wife, brothers, sister-in-laws, definitely like tried their best to keep me going throughout this process. The guys and gals that I came to this office with every single day, they put in the work also, meaning they picked up the phone and called me. It wasn't me who made all those 4,000 calls. It was my messaging. It was what I wanted our clients to feel, but they picked up the phone. And all of us going through the same thing. I have a business partner who definitely was feeling what I was feeling. All of us together knowing that this is the dark moment, but it will pass. We don't know how long it's going to take. It might be a month. It might be six months. It might be 10 years, but we are going to get past this. So surrounding myself with positive energy, putting a barrier which allowed us to shut out the noise, the external noise, and there was a lot of it while we were going through this process, was a major factor in the success of, of what catapulted us to continue and consistently be number two. And then there's a third one that I definitely need to mention, which is the production of content. So my partner, my partner who passed away was, was the one who's on the stage and in front of the camera and on the podcast and all that. However, when he passed away, that left a gaping hole. And you would think, well, there's a lot of you. Somebody could have taken that, that, that reign. Yes, but at the time, nobody was comfortable with it. Nobody liked the camera. Nobody was comfortable with being authentic. So much so that we had a presentation within the first three, four months of his passing. And myself and my business partner used the same lines that the partner who passed away was using. Like, because we heard it for 13 years, we were just using the same lines. But they didn't, like, resonate with anybody. The same jokes. It didn't work. Why? Because right. we weren't him. And that day, my VP now looked at us and said, what the heck was that? Like, where, <laughs> where was Jazz? Where was the guy who moves around? The energy that Harmeet spoke about. Yeah. Like, where did he go? And I was like, I don't know. I was like, but now I understand that I'm only going to be me. No more of trying to be anyone else. Like, I'm not trying to be my partner. He gave so me... Jess has arrived. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And within six months of that, I started to take off the blazer, the dress shirt. I started to let people know where I was, where I was from, where I grew up, that I'm not, I don't have a formal education. I became, I became myself and I let the world see it. And I did it at mass, meaning I started to produce a podcast Every single Wednesday for three years, I come out with a podcast episode. Every single day, I try. I don't get there every single day. I try to do 20 to 23 pieces of content out of, out of my podcast, my vlog, whatever it may be. Sometimes I hit 14. Sometimes I hit 7. 
but my target is 20 to 23. And because I produced a lot of content, that gave the marketplace slash clients or prospects, let's call them prospects, they weren't clients yet, it gave them the ability to decide if they even wanted to come into this office and work with me. So then I wasn't wasting any time with the people that didn't want to work with me because they didn't show up. They already saw a video and were like, forget this guy. Like, yes, he's a good looking Indian guy, but I don't like that. I don't like the sound of what he says. I don't want to work with him. Or, or, or on the flip side, they're like, hmm, there's something about him. I want to get to learn more. And so those people who came to see me, again, no time was wasted. And so um, to kind of wrap up your question, I would say it started obviously with with believing in myself. And and, and that truly, truly was kind of the halo of how we were able to catapult um, our success. That really resonates with me, Jess, because there's a quote which I also live by and it states, whether you are selling shoes or submarine, the rules of the game remain the same. Believe in what you sell. People will buy and the world will follow. A hundred percent. I think a big mistake salespeople make, and I understand why they do it, because at the end of the day, they're trying to make an income. They've got to feed their families. But to, to be a professional and to have longevity, to do this for a very long time, you have to believe in your product or service. On the flip side, don't ever sell a product or service that you don't believe in yourself. It will come out. The energy, people will feel it. You'll, you won't last long because you'll, you'll know inside, deep down inside, that it's not right. And if it's something illegal, that's a different story. But I've always, always been a massive believer. Like Even the stores that I worked in when I was selling shoes selling cars, the bank, like in Canada, we have six major banks. I believed in this bank. I just did. Um, and, and in each of those places, I got bored at one point. I wasn't challenged. Um, and within two days I left every single time. The second I got bored of selling shoes, two days, I made the jump into, uh, the banking industry at the bank. Same thing happened. I get this feeling in my stomach. I get bored. I'm not challenged. I'm not passionate. You're not going to feel this energy come out. Two days, gone. Car sales, two days, gone. The same thing. Real estate has been 16 years for me. And I can tell you that because I love creating wealth in real estate, with real estate, I know it so well. And it's such a long-term game. Like people ask me all the time, how do you make money in real estate? You buy it and you wait. It's very boring. I I was actually coming to that, Jess, you know, because on multiple occasions you have used this phrase, creating generational wealth through real estate. You know, creating generational wealth through real estate. You know, I, I, I pick up this line every time I hear your content or read your content. So I want to ask you this, and especially for a lot of people who are probably on the verge of buying their first property, their first investment home. So what's the deeper meaning or what's the what's the main soul you're trying to convey when you use this statement? What I'm really wanting to articulate when I talk about creating generational wealth is... When I, 
when I got started in real estate in uh, 16 years ago, um, our office was in downtown Toronto. Um, and and I there's a bunch of townhomes. Like our office was in a townhome. And a townhome, like it was attached to each other. Okay. I think there was like seven, eight of them. And I remember finding out from my mentor, um, like who owned them. And then when I did a, a deep dive on that family, I came to realize that those townhomes, they were probably, like, they're still there, actually, um, probably like, a, I don't know, 80 to 100 years old, okay? They, that family has owned them for like 60 years, okay? But they also own others in downtown Toronto. And I was just like, wow, like, that's amazing. They got to pass that on to the rest of their family, like, to, for generations to come. And so, but how do they do that? That was my next question, yeah. right? So what they did, in my opinion, and, and and what I'm trying to achieve, and I love if like people watching this journey, is I stop trying to impress people with other stuff. Meaning, I'm not a fancy guy. Like, I don't have fancy things. Not that there's anything wrong with it. Like, each to their own. But I want... I, I truly want my great-great-grandchildren, if I'm lucky enough to have them, to look back and say, wow, Jazz, you know, our great-great-great-great-grandfather started this. And for that to be passed on is, is, a, is, a, is a true dream of mine. And I might do it with 100 properties, I might, you know, right now I'm at like 10. I might just do it with 10 and I'm okay with that. You know, my parents, my parents did it with what they did. They had, you know, essentially three. Um, and, and so now I want to take it to the next level. Um, and, and, and I truly think anybody can do it. You don't need to get a hundred. You can just get one, Cre- buying one and renting it out. Not the one that you live in. I'm not talking about the one that you live in. I'm talking about an income property, an investment property. If you just do one, hey, that's better than zero. And and that can be passed on. That's the cool thing about real estate, that as long as you hold on to it, as long as you hold on to it, the values will go up and down, upwards. Because if you look at the last hundred years, values have always gone upwards. Now, what some people do, maybe you can say most people, they get the shiny object syndrome. And what what I mean by that, like it's happening right now in Toronto. Look, I mean, last night it happened with my wife. She mentioned it to me. My neighbor sold for like a crazy amount. Like right now what's happening with values here, we've never seen it. In a hundred years, I've never seen like the the growth in, in appreciation. And it's not, in my opinion, it's actually not even a good thing. A lot of people in the marketplace think, oh, real estate agents are loving this. No, it's this is not good. We don't have enough supply. But what happened with my wife last night? She said, we should sell this because look how high it is. And 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 we should go get something else. But my my answer to her was, well, why do we need to sell it? Let's just refinance it. Meaning let's pull out the equity and then go get something else. But let's hold on to the asset. Let's never get rid of the asset because this home could be our great, 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 great grandchildren's 
And now we've created generational wealth. Wow. And that's why they probably call it the real wealth, the real estate, you know, and they don't use the word real with even the stocks ah, or any point. other property. That's a great point. Yes. <laughs> even, you know, the, the reason I'm saying because my dad, you know, he always encourages me for this and he says, you know, we never use the word real with any other thing in the world except the land. And that's the only asset which you appreciate in the years to come. And that's why they use the word real wealth, real estate. Yeah. And it's like, like to take that one step further, right? Like you can touch it. You can see it, you can smell it, but more importantly, you can live in it. Unlike, unlike crypto. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Um, but you can live in it, you can rent it out, you can leverage against it, meaning you can go to the bank yeah. and say, it's worth this much, I only owe this much, can you give me the difference? Like, there's so much that you can do with it, right? Not that you can't do that stuff with stocks and stuff, mind you. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, crypto is a different conversation, I think. But yeah. but, but, but you could do it with stocks. I, in fact, I don't care. Do it with stocks. I'm not here to say real estate's the best investment. For me, for me, it is. For me, it is because I know it. I understand it. I get that, oh, people will always need house uh, housing, like, we always need housing and not everybody, right. not everybody does save and buy majority of people, if not half of people actually rent. Right. Absolutely. Um, and, and one more thing, uh, Jess, I want to take this conversation ahead with you. The last one year had been very challenging for every salesperson, be it in any part of the world. But when I look at your business, the work which you have done in the last one year, and especially because you had done 500 plus transactions during pandemic, you know, how were you able to achieve that? You know, I, I know you have talked about sticking to the basics, keep, keeping the team together as a family unit, you know. So was there probably one thing which you did different from your competitors or was there any kind of fine tuning which you did in last one year, which gave you these results? Yeah, I think the biggest the biggest difference maker uh, for us in this past year during the pandemic and how we differentiated from the marketplace, um, you know, I spend very little time thinking about what the competition's doing, but it's it, it, it's quite apparent um, in terms of what our results have been. And for me, it comes down to that we educated people consistently. We educated our community. Let me, let, let me, let me rephrase that. We educated our community consistently. And I'm a big believer in sales. Don't spend too much time in the width, meaning you don't need to get new clients all the time. It's nice. It's nice to add some fresh water into the pool, the pool being your community and your client base. But if you can go deep and spend time on educating the mar your community about what's happening in the market, like I was saying it to my team member today, one of my colleagues, Luke, I was saying, look, everyone can get the stats. Everyone has uh, the ability to know what's happening in the market. Very few will decipher those stats and articulate it to the marketplace. Like, what does it actually mean? And that's what our clients are looking for, in my opinion. And so yeah. that's what we did different. Every Saturday, we went live on Facebook and did an hour, hour and a half conversation. We brought on guests. We brought on experts. We spoke about, we brought on just 
people in our community and to talk about their real stories. I did a 12-hour non-stop real estate investment webinar. I went for 12 hours nonstop. I wanted to know if I had the energy to do it. Like you spoke about my energy. I was like, let's put this to the test, right? Uh, but all kidding aside, um, I was willing to push the envelope a little bit. Like there are some people around me saying, what the heck? Why? Like, Why are you going 12 hours? Why not? Like just why not do something different? Let there be a little bit of a buzz out there. It's for, for people to right. talk about us. And so and so that's that's what we did differently. We stayed in front. We we made sure that we were there just to help people have conversations. You know, that Saturday webinar, there's a reason I coined it brunch with REC, where real estate conversations happen, because that's exactly what was happening. Like we were just having conversations. And over time what we noticed is our clients started to put in the comments like, guys, is there an opportunity? Like, can we invest? And we're like, really? You guys want to invest now? Okay, we'll go find something for you. And then we found something. The first time, I think four people invested. Then then I think it was 22. Then it was the next month, it was 25. And then it was 32. And then it was like 28. Amazing. And then it just started to happen all over again and all we did we were just there to educate people great you know just uh, uh, keeping the paucity of time in mind also uh, we are moving towards the last segment of the show which i call the one minute round and i'm going to give you a minute each to answer a few things okay what success means to you being happy in what i get to do every single day um i i've come to a place in my life right now um and I, I want to make sure I don't sound egotistical to any of your listeners, but it's just the truth that, I mean, any more money is not going to make me happy. Any, like me, if you give me more money and I make more money, it doesn't make me any happier. What makes me happy is to see um, the growth in, in in my colleagues. And and that's what success is, that I get to do this every day. I don't have to do anything. One book which you recommend everyone should read. I gotta give you two. Sorry, um, because there's. I like to bring more value. Um, first and foremost, I would start with um, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People from Dr. Stephen Covey, the late great Dr. Stephen Covey. The second one, um, you know, Seven Habits is a little bit more deep. Like it's deeper. It's thicker. There's more to it. Um, the second book is actually one of my favorite books. A much easier read, 66 Principles, but the book is called The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. It's the one that I probably read three, four times, um, and every single time I read it, I'm either reminded of something that I got to do more of or, or uh, something new. But it truly is, I like how he laid that book out in 66 or 68 principles. So it's The Success Principles by Jack Canfield and Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Dr. Stephen Covey. Uh, The last line of your autobiography would read? He, he, He made my life better when I interacted with him. Uh, so just this takes me to the last question. Let me ask you this. 
consider yourself to be standing in a room you are the only person in that room the lights are dim and then someone walks into that room this person comes and stands in front of you and this is the younger version of jess maybe a 15 20 25 year old jess now he comes and stands in front of you he looks into your eyes and very innocently asks you what's the best way to live life so what would be your answer to this younger version of jess i would say find what makes you happy and then go all in on that because we're only here for a very short period of time and on the flip side life is still long but we're here for a short period of time and i would want the younger version to find the passion and what made him happy and then go all in on that wow i wish i could go on listening to you for a longer period of time but jess it's been such an honor and privilege talking to you listening to you and thanks for dropping all these amazing insights into the world of sales and real estate jess and before you leave let me ask you this what's the best way for people to connect with you look i i really appreciate that hermit i mean i wish i just I, i just hope i bring i brought a lot of value to everyone um i guess if your listeners want to find out a little bit more about me um go to my youtube page um get an idea if you like me it's uh, youtube.com forward slash jazz takar j a s t a k h a r and that's you can find uh, i don't know like over 400 videos including my 150 podcast episodes as well wow great great jess and thank you thank you for taking time out for our listeners for everyone associated with this podcast and thank you so much and keep keep inspiring the world around you chess we need me more thank people you. like you thank you that really means a lot thank you thank you thank you thank you for listening to this episode of hustle with harmeet if you're listening to us on itunes please don't forget to leave a five star review on the apple podcast if you're listening to us on spotify do click on the follow button If there's any feedback from this episode you may write to us on harmeetspeaks@gmail.com Also do check out our Instagram handle at the rate hustle with harmeet for all the latest updates I'll catch up with you all next week and yes remember don't give up on your life and dreams keep working hard keep moving ahead and keep hustling because one day your success will make all the noise This is your host Harmeet Singh signing off goodbye